There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Sometimes in life, we encounter people who teach us things we never knew we needed to learn, who offer a perspective that forces us to reevaluate our outlook, and who humble us with their innate wisdom and kindness. Sometimes, though, we also meet people who offer us none of these things. Ladies and gentlemen, Flats and Shanks. You ready? I'm ready, mate. You're doing it, so crack on with it. Let's do it. Hello, and welcome to this episode of our weekly podcast. I am Tom Shanklin. I'm David Flatman. Uh, I had a comment from, I can't remember, I think it was out Saturday night, and someone said, you know, why don't you do the intros? You know, yeah, you did Flats, one Flats has taken over. You did one once. But I'm a I'm a and a completely accidental um by nature I'm a generous person, but I'm an accidental microphone hog. So it's good that you're doing that because you like, deserve more airtime. A bit like Will Greenwood. Yeah, it's it's one of the many things we've got in common, including our rugby pedigree. Yeah, yeah, true, true. How are you, mate? I'm alright, yeah. I'm okay, boy. How are you? Yeah, good, good. You look well. Thank you. Try it. You look alright as well. Thank you. Very much. It's glow on you. Went for a run yesterday, that's why. Sorry, what was that word? I know, I know. Did you really? I went for a run, yeah. Like, are you saying like a, a run to the bus? Half or... an hour, about half an hour cross country. Okay. Um, it, police, yeah. Police after you, were they? <laughs> it wasn't good. Um, I actually felt all right because I went at about five miles an hour for the whole thing. You've been stealing underwear off washing lines again. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just, uh, I... Did you put the beats on? I'm a, I'm a, no, I didn't, no. I'm a purist, mate. I like to just uh, soak it in. But I, I, uh, I'm a fat bastard. I need to do something about it, really. I probably won't do anything about it, but I did yesterday, giving up today. Do you prefer bike or running? I'm on a rest day. Um, I hate running, but a bike takes so much longer to get the same out of it. I hate both. I'm trying to think what would look more awkward, you running or you cycling? Cycling is bad. Matt Perry once the old Bath fullback was driving up the road being driven up the road, sorry, before he gets arrested and saw me cycling up a hill and stopped and took a video on his phone before smacking him in the arse. Because you've got like, quite big quads and stuff, your legs 
you know, probably don't go straight when you cycle or slightly in like that. The technique is yours, are probably just going out all the time. Yeah, so your, your knees are going to clip cars. And stuff like, like I that. need more air resistance. Like I need any more. Yeah, be more of a windbreak. I'm no, I'm bad at that. Um, I've given my bike away three times now, and it's come back. It's come back twice. I gave it away recently. David Trick, who is the president of Bath Rugby, who's a great man, you know as well. Yes. His son was doing a charity bike ride, and I said, hey, use my bike, and I'm just praying it never comes back. Is it a good one? Yes, yeah, bound to be, if you've got it. No, I went in and got, I just went, all the lads got their bikes, and I went in the day after and said, can I have one better than all of them? Is that why you're getting the electric bike? Yeah, I'm getting, and I'm getting it, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um, but it... Yeah, it's, we're moving house, uh, as we mentioned, on pod before, and we're moving to the top of quite a steep hill outside Bar- in, in Bath. So Yeah, we won't, we won't name the road because you might get a few fans, but it used to be where Ireland played. Lansdowne <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Road, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, he said it, mate, he said it. Well <laughs> yeah. done. Yeah, that's all right. Um, come on over. Hey, um, what have you been up to? You've been driving a supercar, have you, the last few days? Um, I can't talk about that, mate. Yeah, I have, yeah. Well, kind of. I, I went to this, um, I told you I went to this shooting day where, um, you know, you had all these supercars and supercars and supercars. And my, I mean, you're going to think I'm saying this because I'm a Land Rover ambassador and think what you want. My, my since I was a little kid, the cars I've wanted mo- more than anything else in the whole world have been a Range Rover and a 911. And I don't have a 911, but I do have a Range Rover, and I'm incredibly grateful for that. And they've brought out this really, really fast petrol, supercharged one called an SVR. And I've always wanted one, and I've pestered and pestered Land Rover yeah. to let me have one. And they've said, You're, leave us alone, who is this, stop calling. And they finally said I can have one. So I've got one coming, and I'm super pumped. So that was my favourite car in the day. And I, as soon as I got there, there were McLarens, Ferraris, Porsches, Bentleys, Aston Martins, all sorts of stuff there. And I straight away said, can I drive the Range Rover SVR, Range Rover Sport SVR? And they said, no, that's actually not one of the cars on offer today. Okay. Um, Then I said, well, can I drive that Audi RS6, which you, I mean, you might know this, but it's an Audi A6 estate, but it's rather more than that. It's quite a fast one. I always remember it being in layer cake. Yes, that's the old one. Yeah, Yeah. it's a new one of those. They're driving it up, um, what's that golf course? Stoke Park. Stoke Park. Somebody's got to get a fucking slap. Yeah. yeah. So it's the new version of that. And I'm, I'm a right car nerd, as you know. So mm. he just said, mate, I'm going on holiday. Have it for the week. And um, I've had that for a few days. So you're the RS6 for a few days. Yeah. And it was truly, a truly astonishing bit of kit. Ama- amazing, amazing car. Not to 60? Uh, God, sub four seconds. Bear in mind, it's okay. a big family car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 70 miles an hour tops. Tops. Yeah, I didn't break the speed limit, but I got to the speed limit quickly. Yeah. With with minimum fuss. But um, amazing. But I swapped it back this morning for my Range Rover Sport. And I must say, I drove, it was two hours to drop it off. And normally you wouldn't do that, but I love cars. So an extra two hours in that car is fine for me. Yeah. Dropped it off with a mate this morning at EJ Churchill and then swapped it back for mine. Yeah. And I must say, Go on, then. while the journey up there was snortier and crazier and a bit quicker the journey down here was very very quiet and nice and comfortable so. yeah you're a land of a man aren't you do reckon, do. Do you reckon if you weren't an ambassador for him yeah um, you'd get one yes you'd pay for one I would yeah okay what would you would, would you go for the sport I'd go, go if, I, if I had the money I would go for the Vogue probably okay I, lo- I love the sport I've got at the moment but if I was actually buying one I'd buy one that could do everything and it's got a bigger boot a big work one. a little bit harder mate yeah That's I'm trying mate I'm trying uh, what have you been up to um, 
I did, a, I did a little gig for Robert Walters last week. Oh, yeah. Um, it's quite good, actually. So they basically said, oh, can you, M- can you MC it or whatever? Can you host a Q&A with... MC Richard like Hill? a rapper? Richard, yeah, yeah, yeah. One, two to the Raven Crew. Yeah, Listen Richard Hill, MBE, was that? Listen for the bass injection. Um, yeah. This way, that way, every direction. And Jiffy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So did that up in, up in Birmingham. So we did a bit of like a lines Q&A and stuff like that. And then we had to... Spent half hour on each, on three stations. So there was like a foosball, there was darts, and there was table tennis. Yeah. Jiffy had trainers on, so he was obviously keen for table Did tennis. Did he? Yeah. Thought he was really good. What, he brought trainers with him to put on for the sports? No, I think he did. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. They were like trainer shoes. Oh, uh, okay. That a 50-year-old would wear. Yeah. But he's 50. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Shainers. They were shainers. He was dominating the table tennis. Oh, good on him. Mind you, there's nothing else to do in Swansea, is there? Until you played me. Oh, hang on. Yeah. Because you told me you're good at, you're good at all sports. Yeah, yeah I'm not bad, I'm not bad. Um, we're only playing to 11 to make it a bit more... Uh, yeah, to make it, the games quicker. Good game's a quick game. Yeah, yeah. 11-4. Um, oh, no. Yeah. Remember, Jiffy I wouldn't have liked that, mind. And he left then, he left. Jiffy wouldn't have liked that, mind. He left, he left and like it up him. Um, <laughs> and then we had... <laughs> And then uh, we had a game of darts, right? And you had two darts, and you had to do a, a 301 with two darts, but you'd ha- you didn't have to finish on a double. So say you had, uh, I don't know, 16 left, you just had to get the number 16. Yeah. Instead of double eight. Yeah. Um, so what's the maximum you can get with two darts? 120. Got it. Did you? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a loser. I know. Um, we're doing that tomorrow night, aren't we? Yeah, we're doing it yeah. again. You're doing it again. I'm doing it for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got that tomorrow. But um, I went to the BT Sports Industry Awards on Thursday. So it's at Batsy Evolution. Let me ask you this. Is yeah. it BT Sport Industry or is it Sport Industry? Um, BT Sport Industry Awards, I think. Yeah, okay. Um, was it good? Really good, mate. I arrived. I was, I was on um, Nat West Rugby Force's table because we were up for an award. So basically... Now West Rugby Force is where... Who are you sitting with that I might know? Mm, Lewis Moody. Oh, yeah. He's a great lad, isn't he? Yeah. That's it. We say that, we say that about everybody, but he is one of the loveliest men Just in Europe. Just him on the table on our own. Yeah, it's all right. Um, but I arrived, right, and we were... I'd arrived through the, the VIP section. Standard. Standard. And met one of the ladies from Rugby Force, Now West. Yeah. And she said, oh, do you mind doing the red carpet? I was like, you what? <laughs> right, this red carpet there. And it was all the photographers. Yeah, I went were, to it last year. Yeah. No way you'd walk up there. Yeah, so I said, look, I, she said, do you want to do it? I said, no, not really. It's a bit embarrassing. And she said, oh, no, can, no, can you do it? Because we can use some of those shots. And I was like, are you serious? Uh, really? There might not be any shots. So I had to, I had to walk there, right? <laughs> Did you do it? Honestly, mate, there's probably about 100 cameramen there and women. And um, they, they didn't know my name. I, th- I think I think they were calling me Jeff. They're going, Jeff, Jeff, over here. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, who could that be then? I don't know, mate. I don't know. I don't know. If anyone they, knows what Jeff it might be, can you email us? They were going, relax, relax. Can you relax a bit? I said, turn this way, Jeff, last one. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's luckily, luckily, I got there early. Um, and Jess Gannis turned up and... That's what it's there for. Yeah. So I saw, I saw your best mate, Mark Durden-Smith. He, he hosted it. Yeah, he hosted it. Apparently he was brilliant. He was really good. He yeah. was in, uh, I saw him in the drinks reception. So I went over and said hello. And he 
he was saying to me, uh, you know, house flats and stuff. I was like, well, you see more than me, mate. You, you know, you're stealing them off me. And he said, oh, I'd have to get you up present an award. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'd love to, mate, love to. Why, I'll do the Lifetime Achievement Award, all right? Do a little bit of a speech about them. We laughing and joking away. I thought nothing of it. Halfway through the night then, a couple of girls come up to the table, tap me on the back and go, Mr Shanklin, they're ready for you backstage now? I was like, you what? He said, they're ready for you backstage to present an award. Oh, that's what you were doing on stage. Yeah. I saw a picture. I said, didn't, uh, didn't Mark brief you? I said, yeah, but I thought, I thought he was taking the piss. <laughs> so I've been smashing the red wine down me. Yeah. So I, I, so I just leave the table. I don't tell anyone where I'm going. Yeah. And uh, I get backstage and Will Greenwood's there. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm basically filling in for, for Mario Toji. <laughs> the irony. Who's not turned up. Who, got, who, who could look less like Mario Toji than you? We've got a lot in common, mate. We've got a lot in common. You know, both, both got arms and legs. Yeah. Incredible athletes. Something like that, yeah. Okay. You know. um, what else? No, okay, carry on. But... Um, yeah, so we're there, and is it um, Helen Glover and Steve Backshaw? Yep. Yeah, they're there. They're presenting an award before yeah. us. Amir Khan's behind us. Um, Did you chill in just for the crack? <laughs> no, yeah, he, uh, his hand was in the plastic cast. Uh, Carl Frampton was there as well, Yeah, Carl Frampton was with him. He's one of my favourites. So, got up there, and they said, oh, we might do a Q&A with you. Why do you on stage as well? Like, do you want, are you all right with that? And I was like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Apparently you made a funny joke though, Dirt has told me. Not really, no. So he's asked me about New Zealand and things like that and Will gave a really long answer so it didn't come back to me then. Oh. Yeah. Dirt has said something like, oh, I'm going to ask you both quickly, Wales, um, British Lions, British Irish Lions, chances in New Zealand. And Greenwood gave a real long answer and he said, chance for not even got time for you after that. Oh. So get to the mic then and... Will goes, the nominees are. Um, and then I have to pull the envelope open, don't I? Yeah. I, I, all that was inside me, I just wanted to say La La Land. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't have a form of Tourette's. I, I yeah. Just wanted, yeah. I didn't. And just before I said, look, just before I open the envelope, I just want to let you know, for those who don't know anything about me or, or never heard of me, I, I was fucking awesome. <laughs> and the winner is the Madison Group. It was so awful. Did it go down well? I had a couple of laughs, yeah, I had a yeah. couple of laughs. But, and then, you know, the rest of the night, a lot of people were calling me, there he is, awesome. <laughs> it's like a who's who, that event. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm. On that night, um, you know, because you can, you can always get an invite. Lots of people, different worlds, I'm not, not being smug, it's just different worlds you live in. You know, I would never get an invite to a movie premiere or London Fashion Week, but in sport, you can always wangle an invite. Don't you try and steal my thunder now, boy. No, I'm not. Don't you try and say you're not going to get an invite. But I know. an invite. Anyway, I went last year, and it's a good night. You knew it. And this year, I thought, well, I could go again. I'll go with whoever, Land Rover, whoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Ben Kay texted me, this is a couple of months ago, and said, Flats, same night as the sport industry, do you want to... Oh, this is dinner I did last year, whatever, and yeah, they've yeah. asked me to put me in touch. Are you okay doing this dinner? So I said, oh, here's the address, here's the details. I said, mate, sign me up. I'm in. Speak at a dinner, no problem. And to be honest, I'd, I'd rather work than go to a dinner than... I'd, I'd struggle to sit and have fun if I knew there was work down the road I could be doing and that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah. on a weeknight. So um, I went. I got this address and it was in Oxfordshire and I was like, yeah, no problem, I'll go to this dinner. And he said, it's, he went last year or two years ago, it was a really good crack and he had a few beers afterwards and nice people. 
So I was like, oh, brilliant, yeah, go and do that. It sounds like fun. So the day before I'm going, I'm just getting my logistics sorted out, and I Google, I Google map the address, and it's in Norwich. It was in Norwich. It took five and a half hours to get there, and I, didn't, I just got the address, so I don't know why I looked at the village name or something, whatever it was. Yeah. Anyway, on the night you were at Sport Industry, larging it with Greenwood on stage with all the rock stars, I was Alan Partridge. I was at the um, Norwich Airport Holiday Inn, North Norfolk Radio. North Norfolk Radio, Norwich RFC, and I thought, this is what my life's become. It was actually really, really good. Really? I really enjoyed it, yeah. Uh, I, I did, I Lovely forgot, people. I forgot to mention, about a month ago, I uh, went into Orbit. Have you done that as well? Yeah. Oh, right, no, no. Done it. Bloody. Done it. Bloody um, anyway, so that, that was, yeah, slightly less glamorous, but I hosted, the night before that, I hosted the Bath Rugby Awards yeah. dinner, which was, um, it, I mean, it's not, when I say difficult, I'm, you're not, you're not tarmac in the M4 at midnight, but it's difficult when Bath haven't been going very well and they, they won they, they won at Twickenham in the clash and everything was great and they lost at Worcester and they lost to Paris. And Just saying, they won on the weekend. Is that down to you? Inspiring? A little bit, a little bit perspiring. But it was, it was a really nice night. Um, really, really nice. But the, the, main event, the main event from last week has got nothing to do with rugby whatsoever, has it? Nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with what we've been up to. The main event was Saturday night. Boxing. Amazing. Where'd you watch it? Well, since you ask me. Oh no, did you go to Wembley? <laughs> no. Oh. I um no, I got I got invited, but I, I didn't get invited, no. Um I uh Did another dinner, did you? I did actually I did it as a favour. Andy Beatty, the beast, he played for Bath for years. He's now, he's now of course you have. Of course yeah. you have. He's uh he's now a rugby coach at Hampton School where he went to school in West London and they had a fundraising dinner. Michael Liner's son goes there and Michael was there and whatever. And um, and JP Doyle, the ref, was there because his wife coaches at the prep. Anyway, so I said I would go along and help out this dinner, no problem, and started when I got up there to sort of host the Q&A and speak into the auction and stuff at 5 to 10. No, yeah. I knew the fight was starting at 10. Yeah. And it's basically, it was a school, it's a school dinner, right? So it's all the parents and the, all the sixth form players are serving us our dinner and drinks and stuff. So I said, evening everyone, it's a pleasure to be here. Just so you know, if anybody tells me anything about the Joshua fight, anything, even hints at it or mentions it, yeah. I'll fucking kill you. I'll kill you. I don't care if we're in school. I've got a fork. I'll kill you with it. So you, you couldn't go on social media either? No. So I got out of dinner about 12. Yeah. I was home at half one because I drove at the speed limit and not above it. And I phone phone I didn't even look at my phone once the whole night radio yeah. off driving complete silence got home and turned it on about half one quarter two went to bed at three and couldn't sleep it was just absolutely buzzing amazing wasn't it yeah amazing um couldn't believe it just it, in, in terms of the like hey bellu fight it was oh god different class Total different class. But David Hay snapped his Achilles, which makes it a bit awkward to box, doesn't it? But even even so, the build-up was better, the boxing was better. Yeah. Um, you've got to give it to Klitschko, haven't you? Oh, he was great, wasn't he? 41 years old. Yeah. Great shape as well. Yeah. Um, I, when he first started, I was thinking, little legs compared to Anthony Joshua. Yeah. Anthony Joshua's got proper quadzilla, isn't he? He's just... He's big everywhere, isn't he? Yeah. He's absolutely massive. Yeah. And they were worried, weren't they, about all that muscle because you have to carry that for, oh, yeah. for potentially twelve rounds. Mind you, mate, a good, cut, good cut, two or three of those rounds, he was a passenger. He was dead on his feet because he obviously knocked Klitschko out, didn't he, in the, in the fifth round? Down, down. Yeah, that's what I meant. Out, that's what you meant. Out um, of of his feet. Okay. And and then 
he got knocked down in the sixth, didn't he? So for, you're right, for three rounds then, he was just holding on. He didn't throw any punches. And I, I just had my head in my hands thinking, oh no. Please don't oh, lose. What's going to happen? Please don't lose. Uh, but then, round 11. Oh my day. It's like someone just flipped the switch. Yeah. Do, do you know, like, I'm pretty sure on this, boxing is one of the only sports, if not the only sport, where you are not allowed energy drinks. Really? Yeah, you have to drink water. I didn't know that. Yeah. How interesting. Uh, yeah. I wonder why that is. It's always been the case. Not allowed to, uh, yeah, but I wonder why. Can someone email in and tell us, please? We haven't got to Google it. Or maybe I've just made that up. Uh, but well, it's I true now, I don't eh? think I have. I want to know, that shot... Well, that uppercut. Or the uppercut. I mean, that, that was the second best punch of the fight for me. Mm. The best punch was the right hand that put Joshua down. What a shot. And how do you get up from that, hang in there and win? You know, it's like, do all the technique you want. And I'm, a, I'm not an expert, but I love a bit of boxing. And Klitschko looked to have two or three times the technique and ring craft of Joshua but just an absolute just just force of will wasn't it doesn't have beast power like Joshua though does no. he but that shot if he lands clean I mean those heavyweights they'll, they'll, knock, they'll knock your teeth out if they hit you clean but then Joshua to take that stand up and win just you know, just can't believe it speaking you know, when I was speaking to Joshua after yeah he was, uh, he was so humble as well was he? he yeah yeah, well, when I say speak, I listen to him on the TV. Yeah. Um, <laughs> incredible, though, wasn't it? It was yeah. from start to finish. It was like it's like something you see in the movies and everything. Yeah. Some people have said that in, on the media, and you might have seen it or you might not, that his win, was a, the way he took that punch, was a lot to do with the net workout I told him about at a Jaguar dinner yeah. about four years ago. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of people have said that. And he sent me a DM on Twitter and said, never forget you, bro, and all that stuff. And I was just like... Think, not going to reply because it's a bit too keen. Do you think um, that win by Joshua highlights how good a win it was by Tyson Fury as well, or not? Um, I would say yes, but then I would, just from what I've seen, I'm not trying to be an expert, it's just a punter's view, I would say that was a different Klitschko. Klitschko yeah. looked on his way out the last couple of years, and this was very, very different. He seems um, quite a hard person to fight against, though, Tyson Fury, doesn't he? Because he doesn't seem that orthodox in, yeah. in what he does. Yeah, he does. And as much as I would love, I would love to one day wake up and it would be, and it was Joshua against Fury in yeah. a few months' time. I'd love that. But actually, the whole build-up to it, the thought of it, makes me feel so sick. The deal, the thought of having to listen to that absolute, absolute piece, Tyson Fury talking about. And he's come. He's a good guy again now. He's a good guy, by the way, again now. All right. Um, but next week he'll be abusing people or whatever it is and the sort of having to look at and listen to him in the build up is just reviles me so I'd rather he didn't get the fight to be honest yeah it'd be good viewing though wouldn't it yeah I'd definitely I, watch it I'd have, pay 20 quid have you seen have you seen the um, anti-Joshua road to Klitschkoff Klitschko Co. yeah yeah um, the one on Sky Sports no the one on BBC uh, yeah I think I did watch it the other night uh the, uh, remind me because I not no, the gloves I, are off that was Sky I haven't seen it I, wa- I watched it and it was brilliant I, I don't, I'll tell you what I watched I watched where two the two um, comedians Rob Beckett and uh, what's his name Ravish Ranesh super yeah. super funny Asian guy yeah super they, they funny they jump in the ring together don't they yeah but they, they have like an hour with him okay it's brilliant mate it's really worth watching well, who's the first guy Rob Rob Beckett Rob the big teeth, teeth. yeah yeah, yeah. Big teeth, and then the Asian guy Ramesh. Yeah, I know. Right, something like that. But yeah. he's real funny. Yeah, 
He's, I've seen him on eight, eight, out cat, eight out of ten cats do countdowns and like that. Yeah. Put it on, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There, yeah. That's really worth watching on iPlayer, that. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Really, really good. Yeah. Right, so Leo Vegas bet the week. Yeah. We've been doing all right, mate. We have been doing all right. Gone all right, haven't we? Yeah. When we've listened to you. You want to get on um, leovegas.com on the website, you'll see our unique bet that's put up there. Yeah. Um, make sure you follow Leo Vegas on Twitter. It's at Leo Vegas UK. Yeah. I've got lots of offers going on there. Um, you got to make sure you're how old? 18. That's correct, mate. Terms, and? Terms and conditions do apply. Of course they do. And if you haven't got it, don't gamble it. That's what we always say, isn't it, Tom? Not at all, yeah. Always um, say that. Right, let's gamble. Right, so we're going to bet on an Aviva Premiership game this week. We bet on the Ospreys Ulster last week. I think we said Ospreys buy three points or more, and they did do it. They beat Ulster. So children yeah. in need are winners. Children in need are winners. Mm. Um, now, we're going to bet on... Northampton Harlequins. Now, what do you say? What do you say? Harlequins are sixth. Northampton is seventh. The top six go through to the Champions Cup, which is a top-flight European rugby competition. Below that, you go into the Challenge Cup. Less funding, less coverage. Yeah. Um, Less less people coming to watch. It's it's at Franklin's Gardens. Fewer people, sorry, not less. It's at Franklin's Gardens... Four o'clock, as are all games. Yeah. That weekend. Um, I wish they'd been at three. It's going to be a late late night, that one. Anyway. So, I'm going to say Harlequins. So am I. I'm not. You're not? I don't know. I'm going Quins. You, uh, you overruled me with Claremont anyway. Okay. So can you let me overrule you for once? I say, I say Quins win by three points. It's going to be points. a close one, isn't it? I say Quins by three or more. Okay, so that's fine. We go 
Harlequins by three points or more, yeah? Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying to you. All right, there we are. How about that? Good luck, everyone. Get involved. Right, mate. Rugby action of the weekend. Yeah. Now, what game were you at on Sunday? You were at Bath, weren't you? I was at Bath, Gloucester. My first visit to Bath this season with ITV. They're gits, you know. Like They decide where we go every week. And I think because I live eight miles from the wreck, yeah. they never send me there and think it's hilarious. So we finally went. They really are gits, because they also make you wear really red trousers. Did you like them? Um... I liked them for comedy value. Is that why you yeah. wore them, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Fine, fine, fine. Because like normally them. they only get used around Christmas time. Oh, by the way, on, on that... Um, Christmas trousers. Durders, uh, Marky Dirty Poo Poo, uh, popped round to my house to take with him in the back of his massive car a scarifier to attach to the back of his ride-on lawnmower, right? Sorry, what is a scarifier? It basically removes all the thatch and dead grass from your yeah, lawn no, as you drive around. This, but okay, yeah, but... Yeah. yeah. So he borrowed my... We've actually taken my scarifier. It's a gift because I'm a great guy. Okay. Um, and... Did he take any um, when he wa- lamb breasts as well? When he walked in today... No, no, he lamb breasts. I had that. When he walked in, we walked in together and my wife said, oh, did you wear that today? I said, yeah, obviously, that's why I'm wearing it now. I didn't get changed for the trip home from Bath. Yeah. And she said, I like the red chinos, but that jumper makes you look really fat. So Dirda said, actually, uh, one of your friends, actually, the other day, Flats, was, we were talking about how fat you were and how much you eat. And he said he was actually a bit worried about you. And I said, who was that? He said, I can't remember, but one of them said he's a bit worried that you're actually taking it too far. And I wondered if that was you at the sport industry when you saw him. No, 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 I wouldn't say... I wouldn't go up and say, I, I do this. Flats is fat, isn't he? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> he's gone, hasn't he? But be honest, do, years, do, 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 you think, um, do you think I look really unhealthy? Um, no, but when I see you, you often wear really dark colours or stripes. So yeah, I can never tell. Do you want me to take my clothes off now and you can no, tell you me what you think? You don't look unhealthy, mate. You look, you look cuddly. Just a big unit, yeah, mate. Just a big unit, mate. That's all it is. Um, um, does your mum still love you? I think so. She loves me still. Yes, God, yeah. yeah. Do you know her favourites? You and you, George Shooter, and Lee Best. Okay. Lee Best, the old Bath fullback. I'll tell you why, right? Ferrari. We, Bestie calls himself the Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. And he calls himself the Ferrari because he says it's because when he was fully operational, he used to carve it up, mate. But he used to break an awful lot, just like an Italian supercar. That's what he used to. That's how he talks. You know him. That's yeah, actually yeah. how he talks. And that's actually not why he's called Ferrari. He's called Ferrari because he was at Bristol and he was on a decent, uh, decent contract at Bristol, and he got like a slightly better contract at Bristol. Yeah. And the first thing he did was go and test drive a Ferrari, a three five five Spider, which you would know. He brought a red Ferrari, red convertible Ferrari, and the bloke who test drove it with him knew some of the Bristol lads and said, "Mate, you wouldn't believe it. We got this Ferrari out, this supercar, and all best he did was laps of Clifton Village. We're all in <laughs> Bristol. <laughs> like, do you want to go up the motorway? Nah, I'm all right, bro. To be fair, mate." I would not. I would not be taking this on a motorway, mate. Don't put any miles on it. I just want to show the lads how to pull birds with it. Anyway, he's just so Ferrari. He's an amazing human being. He also, when he was at Bath, bear in mind he would have, you know, wouldn't have been on an epic contract. Would have been fine, similar yeah, yeah, to me, yeah. like fine, you know, not crazy money. Yeah. And he had a BMW M3 convertible number plate Lee Best, like in italic, bold italics, and he had a Porsche Boxster convertible at the same time. Like we're like, oh my god, who is this guy? Um, I knew him from school, so I, all the boys were like, who is this dick? And I was like, trust me, boys, six weeks from now, six months from now, you will love him, and everyone just adores him, right? 
and just hilarious guy. But his cars both broke. He sold a Porsche and the BMW broke down. So he borrowed Brendan Daniel. Remember Brendan Daniel, the winger? Yeah, yeah. He borrowed this little red Metro that um, uh, Buzzy, uh, Brendan, we were called Brendan Daniel Buzzy. So Buzzy used to call it Metro Love. And he used to sing songs about it on his guitar and all sorts of Metro Love, you know, really, really good. Yeah. And then I was like, Bestie, how's Metro Love treating you, mate? He's like, Bro, do you know what, man? I'm riding through town and I'm just noticing people not noticing me. <laughs> I can't be doing with it. And he was talking about, instead of having this car for another week, this free car, yeah. he was talking about hiring a Ferrari for oh. a week, renting it. He's like, bro, I can't deal with it, bro. Did, it, did he go to Worcester? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Because I, I remember um, him and Ryan Powell, Scrum Half. Yeah. We used to call Peanut yeah. in the blues. And then Worcester ended up calling him Piggy. Yeah. And they were, having it, they were always like at each other all the time. And I remember someone told me that. They were having a big argument at the back of the bus. And Pino just went to him, Bestie, how many caps you got? <laughs> oh, no. Pino's got like three caps. <laughs> did Bestie uh, get a cap? No, he didn't. No. He was close. He played A's. Yeah. He, he was honestly... How many caps you got? Do you know when you say someone is an amazing player, you say everyone's an amazing player. He was big like, Le- Lee Best, was when he was fully fit, was an amazing player. Like In our bath team before he got did his knee... He was our best player. He was amazing. Really, really good. And he just, he hurt his knee really badly and whatever. But anyway, the reason my parents love Bestie is that he's just the most openly affectionate, lovely man in the world. And my little brother, so I've known Bestie since we were kids. We played at schoolboys and stuff. And he was always the prima donna, always really annoying, really rated himself. But then my parents brought my brother, who's, as you know, has Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, he's in a wheelchair, brought him to a game. And Bestie just, like, he walked straight over to my brother. He's like, hey, bro, what's your name? My brother didn't really know his name at that point, yeah, but yeah. he was just gorgeous to him. And, my, you know, this is it's, it's kind of stereotypical, but it's true. A lot of people with Down syndrome, who have Down syndrome are really strong and yeah. really affectionate. So my brother wants to hug you, like squeeze your head off. And he used to try, I used to try and make him my mate. They probably did it to you once. Go on, give him a kiss. He's like, no, I don't want to kiss him. On He's got lips, muesli around his mouth. Like, go on, Shanks. Give him a kiss. Why won't you kiss him? <laughs> sort of thing. And people get so awkward. Like, kiss him, Shanks. And my parents are there like, oh, I just want to kiss Shanks. You know, it's like so awkward. Bestie would be steaming in, kiss him, yeah, cuddle him, yeah, loved yeah, yeah. him. And then one night I came back from my long Achilles injury I had, my first second team game back, and my parents came to watch it, the wreck and everything, and I rolled my ankle and snapped uh, the ATF or the ligament in my ankle. Yeah. And I thought I'd broken my ankle. We hear a big crack, and I was just absolutely devastated. And Bestie was at home. And he kind of hadn't come to watch the second team. And, good lad. And one of the guys had texted him, oh my God, Bestie, Flats has come back after 20 months out and he's done his ankle. So Bestie was on the sofa, he got in his car, drove to the wreck. So this is like half time. He yeah. burst into the physio room and I was on the physio, like just broken. Like I think I was crying at that point. I thought my career was over and everything. And Bestie, like, come, he was in his pyjamas. He'd come straight from the sofa. He walked in and just hugged me and gave me this massive kiss like yeah, yeah, yeah. on the cheek. Wouldn't let go of me. And he's like, right, I've got someone else. And my parents have been outside. And this, the, the change rooms at the wreck are up a flight of stairs. Yeah. And my mum and dad had my little brother in his wheelchair at the bottom of the stairs, just waiting to find out what had gone on. And Bestie was like, no way, fuck that. Excuse my language, FC, F word. Fuck that, not having that. And he went out and got my brother in his wheelchair, wheeled him up the stairs and brought mum, dad and my brother into the change rooms at half time. All the boys are in there, like yeah, getting yeah, ready yeah. for the second half. He wheels them through and like... You know, my brother was really upset and Bestie was holding his hand. Just like, 
Amazing bloke. I don't know how we got onto that, but just amazing bloke. But you're one of their favourites too, mate. You're welling up there, mate. I can't look yeah. in the eyes now. I, I just, love him. I just, love him. Um, just because you start crying, I wonder what to do myself. Um, <laughs> yeah. We, we actually do have to be careful what we say on here because my mum tells me most weeks that she's been listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. We have so, got to be careful, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, rugby talk. Yeah. Uh, Quinn's Wasps. Do you watch it? Yes, I did. Yes, I did watch it. Yeah, and Nick Evans. I think we all thought Wasps were going to beat Quince, top of the Absolutely thought that. And then when when Dan Robson went over at the start, quite early on, I thought, ah, game over here. Yeah. And they had a good team out as well, Wasps. Yeah. You know, they're um, they're Beal, they're Willie LaRue. That's why, that's why. He dropped another one. He dropped another sitter. Another another, another box kick. Just took his eyes off it. Um, He hasn't been the sign in like Beal has. Have a word with him, will you? No, I might do. Text him or something. You've got to stand sideways, mate, because you do. Of course you have. That's obvious. Ball bounces backwards. Catch the ball with your eyes, carefully place it in your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Like shooting a gun. Exactly like shoot, is it? Yeah. You know, that's that's the movement of holding a rifle in your hand. Yeah. So you want to catch it yeah. to the side. But with but do you know what, mate? I do think Wasps are a different team with Cipriani at ten. I really do. Really? Go- I thought Gopoth was really good actually yeah, at times. Yeah. He made a couple of lovely break, one lovely break. But I just think Sips just terrifies defences, and he. It's so hard to defend really well against Wasp when Sips is playing because he's so scary. Do you think Harlequins were a little bit more emotional because it was um, Nick Evans' last home game for yeah, Quinn's they looked nine it. years? Yeah, they looked it. He looked good as well. He looked great. And he rightly got man of the match, 22 points. He was one of the, if not the fastest player in the All Blacks yeah. team when, when he was yeah. playing, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. He's yeah. still got a bit of pace in him now, mind. I thought Joe Marchant looked good, mate. Really good. Really He's been good. bubbling away nicely, hasn't he? Yeah. He looks a little bit like Jonathan Joseph, you know, that his movement. Are you saying that because they're both black, Tom? <laughs> no, I did that on a highlights. We did this highlights clip, right? Or ITV or BT Sport, I can't remember. And I was like, he looked, it's a pre record. I was like, he looks just like Jonathan Joseph. They're like, whoa, 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 can't say that. What are you talking about? He looks just like him. Like it just so happens they physically look alike, but the way he moves, the way he plays, yes, just like him. It is. You know the, yeah. the, the quick feet, the sidestep, the outside break, um, yeah. the fend. Yeah, you know they, they do look very, very similar. He's lo- he a lovely player. Lovely, lovely player. Yeah, he scored one, nearly scored another. Yeah, um, I think that's when Launchbury got the other card. But right, I had a tweet in from Harrison Mead on Twitter. Um, should Quinn stick or twist with John Kingston? Um, mm. So, normally, normally, we would have opinion from the inside. Um, so you'd have the lads say, "Oh, do you know what? He's actually not very good, or he's brilliant, or whatever." Yeah. I've not heard anything negative about John John Kingston. No, I watched an interview with Nick Mullins. I love that interview with Nick Mullins. Yeah. I loved it, and it could have gone on. It's one of that's one of the things with TV is you can never get as much out of it. I wish they could just do a thirty or forty minute show just on that interview. It was yeah. so open and nice, and I look at that and I think, God, I'd, ne- I'd never sack him. <laughs> if they lost every game, I'd struggle to sack him. I just think, and I, I know him a limited amount because you see him social every now and again. These guys, but we interview them, we see them pitch side, we engage with them on a sort of a weekly or fortnightly basis, yeah. and you can pretty quickly tell who the yes who the good guys are but also who the popular guys are amongst the squad and that is important you haven't got to be everyone's best mate but it is important and he's one of those guys that people seem to love so for me the answer is unequivocally stick that's what I say yeah um, Gavin Taylor on Twitter has said given the Nick Evans retirement who is the best premiership 
import that you can remember? Yeah, I've been thinking about this since... I mean, since 1989. No, recently since uh, Nick, since Nick Evans said he was stopping. I don't think... I always thought one of the best foreign imports to these lands was uh, Xavier Rush. I know it's not premiership. Yeah. I always thought he was just spectacular for you guys. But maybe I only watched the big games. Like No, he was. He was. Tia Tia is also really good for the Ospreys. Just Philo Tia Tia, yeah, terrifying. But, but in terms of culture as well. Yeah. That winning mentality, bringing that culture. You know, yeah. there was a... A really nice picture of Nick Williams after the Blues game at the weekend sweeping up the changing rooms. Oh, it's nice. Eh? You know, that's what the All Blacks do, you know, when they go yeah. away, they help carry the luggage off the, yeah. you know, the bus to the airport um, to yeah. check it in. You know, they, they stay at the end and make sure the, the change rooms are all swept clean. Yeah. Um, ben Blair was another one. Another great Really one. nice player. Yeah. Played against him in the 21s. In the, in the Premiership. Nick Evans. I don't, I don't... Is there a better import than him? Of recent times, I mean, Cobus Visagi had a massive impact at Saris. Massive. Mm. They could have barely win without him, but not over Schalt, the not Schalt over the. Brits was, was Schalt Schalt Brits. Yeah. I yeah, that's. I think he's the one really, because they've just won more. Yeah. And I think that Nick Evans is was one of the best fly halves in the world, and is still top of the range. He was still classy. Sculpt Brits has almost defied the ageing process. I think he's 36 now, and I, I would argue he has been a more revolutionary signing than Nick Evans even. So I'm going to say Sculpt Brits, if you don't mind. OK, OK. And look at what they've won, you know. I, I mean, mm. OK, they spend more dough on their players, I expect, but still, I really hard. One of those two. How about that? Yeah. It's funny, you, and you mentioned the were Quins, did you think more up for it because it was Nick Evans' last home game? most probably and someone's actually emailed in Will Owen if that's a Will Owen I know hi Will if it's not up yours yeah has emailed in um, does every game a question does every game you play at a level feel slightly less intense at school or university I remember we'd be super pumped for the big games but the weekly games we knew we were going to win um, against average op- and opposition you wouldn't take us seriously is it the same in professional rugby or the props still smashing their heads against the wall before you play against Zebra it might be different for, for props because there's a bit more confrontation, it's a bit more me versus you, I think, when it comes down to scrummaging. Um, yeah. But I would say so. You know, you know the big games are coming up at the weekend because you start to feel the pressure a little bit more and you start to think about the games a little bit more in the week because you know what task is ahead of you at the weekend. Um, I would say for the, for the games where you play an easier opposition, you, you don't tend to think about it too much um, you don't work yourself up too much you sort of you're aware of of the level that's facing you at the weekend so you can relax a little bit more I'd say you mm-hmm. know for me personally um, everyone's different obviously but you were well aware on a Monday when you're in training when you get home if it was a big game or not yeah you know by, by how you're feeling you know yeah it's constantly in your head, isn't it? You know, yeah. and, then, and then come Thursday, Friday, you're, you're trying to do stuff to, to switch yourself off. Whilst, yeah. you know, the smaller games, you're not really. You're, you're just chill. You're, you're far more chilled. You, you don't think about it too much. You go out there. You know, it's not going to be as difficult as a test match or as you know playing some of the top teams in your league. Yeah, but I'd be interested to see what it's like for for a forward and a, a scrummager. Yeah, very different. I mean. People just talk about derbies and rivalries, and they, it's not they didn't mean anything to me. They did, but they weren't what occupied my mind. I just had a vision of who I was scrummaging against all week, and if it was someone I knew, 
to be a reasonably easy proposition or not too tough, then <clears throat> excuse me, I felt altogether more relaxed. But if I was going against a big dog or someone I found really awkward, because yeah. scrummaging is a lot like conkers, you know, you could have Visagi one week tears me a new one, and the next week Dave Hilton at Bristol gave Visagi a bit of a stuffing, and I was like, wow, you know, Dave Hilton's twice as good as me. And a week later, I played tight head against Dave Hilton and found it all right. And do you coat, do you coat yourself in vinegar as well? A little bit, yeah. hard, hard bake yourself. So you, you know, you're it's yeah everyone has a nemesis but if you're playing against one of the big boys that is all as a prop that is all I thought about and there was I used to get into a game and suddenly think oh my god there's other stuff I've got to do which yeah. is probably evident in the way I played seriously I mean I just wasn't some guys just scrummaging is just part of what they do but for me it was everything and if the first couple of scrums went alright I was way more likely to play better if you're playing against the best teams right, you, you've got to be constantly thinking in a game you know where the space is how you can break them down Think, uh, thinking of an attack, what's coming your way? You know, everyone's an option. Whilst some of the teams which aren't so good, not naming any. You see, I didn't think like that, there, mate. You know, I didn't think you, like that. You, you knew you didn't really have to overthink stuff. It'd be a little bit more natural. So, I just thought, don't cock it up, don't cock, don't mess it up, don't mess it up. Try and avoid the ball a lot of the time because I was yeah. crap at it, and just try and every chance I get, try and bash somebody. So whether that's a cheap shot or a legit shot or whatever. Because I thought that's pretty much all I can add. Yeah. You know, but that's that's fine. And I was I was more limited than like a Gethin Jenkins who could actually shape a help shape a game. I couldn't run. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Run. Um, Move. Excellent Northampton. Oh. Wow. Wow. Hey, there's a question here, a real good question on Twitter from JP Swain. Right. He said Exeter seemed to generate quick ball at will without yeah. many guys in the breakdown. Is that all about time and confidence? I think I think it's a lot. It's not all about that, but I, I, a lot of it seems to me to be about conditioning, physical conditioning, so fitness. Because quick ball means you're hitting rucks quicker than the opposition and harder than the opposition. Yeah. So you can hit it as hard as you want. If you're a second behind defenders, it doesn't matter how hard you're hitting it, you're gonna lose ball. Yeah. So they're quick. They do it quick and aggressively. So repeated power. So that's a lot of that to do with conditioning. It also, must be the way they train. Has to be the way they train. Do you know my thoughts. Yes, please. Um, to create quick ball right you need to the ball can't get tied up in contact can it mm. you know if you get held up or the right so for me it's, the, it's their angles of running and it's the amount of arm tackles that mm. um, that they run at you know they run at arms they don't run at bodies because if you run at bodies there's more chance of the ball getting loose they create a lot you know mm. so there's a lot of dummy runners which means players they don't get targeted too much in attacks there's not enough big hits going in because you know to, to make a big hit you need to know that it needs to be a little bit predictable. Yeah. And they're not predictable in attack. So when Exeter do take it into contact, it's mostly arm tackles they go in. So arm tackles are going straight to the ground or you'll be able or you're able to offload. Mm. When the ball goes straight to the ground, they they they're able to get over it quicker, they're able to get the ball away quicker. Mm. They play with such tempo as well. I like, look massively physical conditioning plays a part of that because you look at the scrum half. You know, he has to he near enough has to get to every single yeah, ruck. Brutal. And, they, and they hit a lot of rucks and they go yeah. wide and wide. But their, their style of play, it reminds me a little bit of how Bath used to play, you know, yeah. two, three years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, that type of play, you know, that type of ball player puts it behind uh, another forward to your 10. Yeah. And, you do that, and that goes along the line two or three times. Um, Stretching defenders all the time. Mm, yeah. There's always something going on. Very rarely do you see yeah. like a, a 10, 12 hit up in loose play. Or yeah. you know, there's always some sort of movement. And with that movement, you know, defenders are, are 
dragged out of position and when they do have to make a tackle it's round the legs yeah. it's half tackles it's offload time or, or quick yeah. ball time uh, watching that game I the comment I made on uh, the highlights was that Jack Knoll for me has taken over the mantle from Chris Ashton as the highest work rate winger in the premiership he was yeah. just he was just a class above everyone else in the field I thought he looked you fantastic I have got a stat and it's backed up by something I saw on Twitter about three minutes before we started this podcast coincidentally Jack Knoll an Optostat Jack Knoll made 28 carries at the weekend which is the most buyback in this season in the whole premiership season you're just season. making that up because you're no. not reading it from anywhere no I remember it okay. 28 carries which is astonishing and a lot of them were really good ones and that's the second most carries by he's a winger remember second yeah, most yeah. carries by any player in any game this season so it's, only, it's only second by two wow you know so that's pretty amazing for a winger and guess who has carried more in one game than anyone else with 30 carries Number eight? Yes. Um, is it the extra number eight? Yes. Thomas Waldron? Yes. Wow. I well done, you. You didn't, didn't know, know that. that. No, no, no. But I, I, well, I know he carries a lot. Yeah, we didn't know that was the truth, though. No. It is the truth. You well sure? done. Yeah, I am, I'm genuine. But okay. I thought he was... I mean, you know, I said as well on the highlights, like, guys like Ollie Woodburn, it was just in such good form. I don't get this whole England squad. I just don't get the whole composition of it. How are guys like that not going? I think it's weird. Stenson's good at 10 as well, mine, isn't he? And Stenson. But you yeah. like calling him Stenson. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's class. I know. They just, I think they look better with him at ten. I really do. Yeah, and they want they want to promote Slade there. He's having a benefit year as well, isn't he? They're having a, they're trying to organise. Oh, I think I'm playing in it. Are you? Oh god, yeah. I saw it advertised at the um, at the extra game. Oh, was it? Who, yeah. Who's it against then? Who are we playing against? I don't know. I'm not playing, mate. Don't look at me. Oh. I mean, loads of boys are playing. Yeah, I know. Ollie Barkley's playing. Yeah. Little Lee Mears, Fabrice Moamba, who had the heart issue, he's playing. There's loads of boys. Like, um, I think uh, Alex Popham, I think. I think Pops is playing. Gary Powell, I think, might come is and he? play. Gary Powell's still playing. Yeah, I know he plays for Merthyr, doesn't he? Yeah, he got in a bit of trouble at the weekend because the Blues had a, a bit of a reunion. Oh, I saw that. The yeah, Blues had a bit of a reunion at the uh, Zebra yeah. game and the camera panned to a few of them in a box on the beer. And I think he told his missus that he wasn't drinking for a start. <laughs> And he, he also had a game the next day. Ah, oh, for, for Merthyr. But I love Paoli. He scored two tries. Mate, we played together against each other in '97 for England schools against Wales schools. We did. He's one of the he's one of the best at Loma Rugby, the original game. Oh, was he? The PlayStation. Yeah, we went to university together in Brunel, and he used to drive me around in his MR uh, MR2. He MR2, had. MR2, white yeah. MR2, rear wheel drive. He rode me up once, saying that he he was um, John Bevan from the WRU, the ex-winger. And yeah. I've been selected to play Wales under 21s. And I believed him. <laughs> <laughs> no, Wales 19s it was. It was Wales 19s and oh, I believed him. Howley. And then... Uh, oh, I once be around I've never forgiven him. We had an all-dayer all once in Richmond. And I was with Powley and he's like, oh, Flats, boy. I was like, you're around, Powley. He goes, Flats, do me a favour, boy. Over there, like it's a Kodak shop in the days when you took your cameras to Kodak, your disposable camera... Go and pick up my photos, will you, mate? It's a ten or whatever it is. Go and pick up my photos. I'll get the round because the queue was really deep. Was, I'll start this. Can you go and get my photos? Because otherwise I'll forget. And I went over there and they're like, um, Mr. Powell's photos. Like, yeah, like, could you like, step this way, sir? <laughs> it stitched me up. Oh, and he was man. by the door of the pub looking over. And he'd just taken a load of like dirty pictures of himself <laughs> just so he could stitch somebody up. So like pictures of everything, like you know, you would never do it. Powell didn't care. And he just said, you know, and he was, I looked out the window and he's just pissing himself at the door <laughs> of this pub. You know, I thought I was going to get nicked. Yeah. 
but Exeter were fab and it's their seventh bonus try bonus point in a row it's obviously key for them as well because they want to have a home semi-final yeah and the playoffs it's uh, nice to have a semi at home isn't it I always say that you've always said it haven't you yeah yeah so that for, therefore the Wasps um, Saracens game is going to be fascinating at the weekend because I've I said from the start, I don't think home and away matters to Sarries. I really don't. Um, so I, if Exeter, if Exeter come in second and Sarries third, as it lies, I fear for Exeter as much as I love them. I fear for them with Sarries going down there. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Bath forty-four, Gloucester twenty. Yeah, just cut loose second half, mate. Yeah, bad, a bad, Bath. just a bad day for Gloucester. How good was Fotolini? Yeah, everything came off. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? He needed a big game. Yeah. But so good around bringing players on, holding the ball up, looking for gaps around the guard ruck area. A little kick he did for Falatau's first. But Falatau's whole game, he was so good. I know. He's so. I, do you know what? I've always kind of wondered: mm, is he, is he as good as everyone says? Because Billy Vunapola is so obviously good when he's good. Yeah. Falatau, a little bit like I know he's under the radar, but no, I'm not quite sure he's in Billy's league. He is certainly in Billy's league. He was. He was absolutely fantastic at the weekend. And Zach Mercer, the young number eight at Bath, who stormed onto the scene this season. Yeah. You wonder, how can someone that talented not be playing? And then you watch Falatau and you think, yep, fair enough. But he's, he's the boss. It's got a great try offset piece as well for line-up Clark, hit an unbelievable line. Oh, yeah. For a try. He played well, didn't he? Finish that off. Yeah, not heard too much about him. No. Through the season. Um, Alec Brew, good. still going strong. Really good. And it just goes to show, you know, so he was kind of languishing in... He Lower division. Really good. Loads of stuff he did was yeah. good, and he seemed to be really motivated. And he's a big, powerful unit. And when those guys are motivated, that you know they can cause damage. And he, I thought he was really good again. He's been good all season for Bath when he's been fit. There's loads of we have loads of tweets in about the back row now after that performance. Oh uh, yeah, I bet. Falatau. So um, Effian Roberts on Twitter says Lions back row Moriarty Warburton and Falatau with Stander and Apola taking the finishers places thoughts uh, no, so, I don't, no I don't think so full on um, back row um, Chris Simmons on Twitter what are your thoughts and suggestions that Toby Falatau may play six for the Lions to accommodate Billy V at eight yeah I think that, that's an interesting one it, it, I think that will come down primarily to the lineup. So is Falatau a really good option in the line-out? I mean, we talk about Stander. Is Stander a great option? There may be not, but Warburton no. can go in a line-out. Yeah. Falatau will go up easier than Stander, I would say, on body yeah. type. Well, you also got Peter Armani, who's brilliant. Peter Armani, but he was largely anonymous for Munster yeah. you know, two weekends ago. So and Obviously, Robin Whitefield as well, who starts at number eight for the Lions in the first test. Falatau will be V. Billy Vunapola starts. If, he's, if they're both on form, I, th- mm. I actually think Falatau at six, Warburton at seven, Vunapola at eight is a real possibility. I think I'd, I quite like the idea of that. Bath watering. But Bath's still in hunt for the playoffs, aren't they? So. Yeah, I think yeah, it seemed unlikely, but they were, they were fab at the weekend. Yeah. Gloucester just had one of those days and Bath had one of those days and it's, it's tough to deal with when you're Gloucester. But you know, they're still in the, uh, the Champions Cup next year, which is the main thing as well. Yep. Um, so that's good. Um, did you, see, did you see Saracens Bristol right? Saracens yeah. 27 Bristol 9 yeah. um, the best thing for me was Kelly, Kelly Brown's send off yeah Maybe. singing yeah cool eh? he can sing as well really good yeah and really, really he can good. sing and you know he's got a stammer when he speaks so. yeah um, but obviously when you sing 
you lose that stammer. Is that normal? Like, is that everyone has a stammer? I don't know. Does everyone have a stammer? Does everyone who has a stammer stop stammering when they sing? I'm not sure. No, um, He's got a great Garth voice. Gates. Oh yeah, the stammer didn't he? He did, but maybe it doesn't apply to everyone. Uh, but yeah, he's got he has got an amazing voice. Jimmy Somerville. I wish. No, I'm just calling you Jimmy Somerville. I, I wish he finished it though, mate. He just sort of cut it off, didn't he? Well, should we have a word with him? Yeah. Text him. Text yeah. him. I mean, yeah. That was lovely. That it was really nice touch. Yeah. I might start crying in a minute. Now we had a we had an email in from Giles Barling, and sounds really posh. Yeah, I know. Uh, long story short he watched Gloucester because we were talking about Gloucester you know just now and they were defensively they were just magnificent in La Rochelle they were just on a different level and then at Bath that dropped off Um, but he noticed uh, Giles Barling says he noticed a difference in conditioning between the respective front fives and basically why 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 do French teams seemingly take such a looser policy on conditioning to premiership teams can I go first please because uh, you'll have way more idea than this, but to me, uh, it looks like primarily in France they just want a front five that can scrummage rather than get around the park. Yeah. So they want a front five that can basically hold up a scrum. They're not too bothered about mm. how fast and they can move around the park whether there are options or not. Mm. Is that? I just think there's a refusal to move on, and it's like we know what we know. We're stubborn. We know best. But you don't know best. You know, a big fatty is just very rarely as productive as someone in decent nick. I mean... There's not many big fatties around the place anymore, is there? In France there are, mate. There's loads. Especially in the front fives, there's loads of fatties. International rugby, I was more... No, no, there aren't any international rugby. But you look at the La Rochelle, the two props, I think it was Pello and um, Antonio, the French international. And, you know, they're not the best props, but they're there, presumably, to be big and strong. But they are fat. They're properly fat. Yeah. I mean, they are carrying stones of extra weight. I mean, I carried a bit. Geez, a lot of props do. Not everyone's like Max Laheef, but, you know, these guys just cannot possibly be as productive as if they were in decent shape, and they ain't. If you were, if you and Butterbean, you know, the boxer, had a slug vest, who would blow it first? It's Johnny Utah Williams. On I wouldn't get a chance to blow up because he'd knock me out. If he caught me once, it'd be game over. If you, if you, if you have ever been punched by an actual boxer... you been punched by a gypsy, mate. Have you? Yeah. Well, that night in Fulham? No, fe- no, oh. no, no, no. <laughs> Different night. <laughs> what? Good night, yeah, mate. Um, no, in a fair in Guildford before. Have you? Yeah. Are you allowed? Oh, you can call them gypsies, yeah. Yeah, but they were always, yeah, they used to be one, the fun fair in Maidstone when I grew up, there were gypsies there. Spinning the waltzes they were, and I just come in, I was just. Why did he punch you? Well, I don't know. Someone was looking for a fight, and I just like started weights and stuff when I was like 15. It's gone enough, are you? I thought it was really strong and uh, he ruined my classic leathers my Reeboks did on, yeah blood all over him mother yeah I started dancing around and poof straight on the conk oh no yeah let me go then shook my hand cheers mate <coughs> as I was walking away blood all over my face he was like high-fiving his mates they carried him off like goodwill hunting jeez yeah, is that what made you the man you are today <laughs> Terri- <laughs> terrified of gypsies I've never, I've never quite recovered mate uh, circus folk, eh? Right, here's a question from Christos Preston. Christos. He says, I was always destined to work in a family Turkish restaurant. Okay. What would you be doing if you weren't pro rugby players? Well, we're not, but we used to be. What sure, would you have done? question before. Um, I don't know. I'd probably be like, I'd probably be in the army. 
or fireman or a PE teacher. <laughs> Take a pick. Anything else? Um, no. Okay, that's fine. Always fancied working around summers. <laughs> <laughs> Just on the till. Just on returns. <laughs> Just on the till, mate. <laughs> Just oh. put, 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 put the merchandise throughout. Beep. Just having a look at them like Alright. One of them, is it? Yeah, it might wear a bit thin after 40 years in there. Never, mate, it never would. Yeah. Move What's around it? a bit, I'd go on, like, on security, yeah. stock room. Yeah. I tell you, they'd find a place in that organisation. Of course they would. Yeah. You go down a treat there. Yeah. Excuse the pun. What, um, uh, what would you do? Um, I don't work, know. Come work for me. Come work for you, <laughs> yeah. Assistant to the regional manager of security. Yeah. Um, Chief tester. I probably would have ended up in the city, I expect. You know, building relationships for a bank okay, yeah. and not actually doing any work and looking even less healthy than I do now. Um, oh, so you studied, like, economics and... Don't need to, mate. Okay, no, all right. No. You just read a book, did you? Read well, no, same, you, read no, book, but you? I would have been... A, I was going to go to Durham Uni. I was yeah, registered you, up there and I would have gone and read English literature up there and then it doesn't really matter what degree you've got. If you're a rugby lad, you can get into the city pretty yeah, much. Yeah, what degree play rugby? No, but I would have played rugby for university. I wouldn't have been a pro... Okay. I would have gone from university probably into the city, I would have thought. Um, but I'd rather, I'm glad I didn't. I wouldn't want to do that, really. No. I think it's one of those worlds where lots of people enjoy it, but for me, it probably would have been stacking money and not a lot else. And I'm not, I, everyone likes money. I'm not, I don't base my life around can I change that, to my, be honest. Can I change my job now, then? Yeah. Okay. Go on, then. What would you have been if you weren't? Worked in the city, mate, building relationships with banks. <laughs> Just, you see, sounds just, good, doesn't it? Just would have like. It's what the lads do, mate. Just it's what the lads go and do. Just would have graduated with any degree. Just it's, gone in there. It's what the lads um, go and do. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I would have done. Um, Hugh Lewis on Twitter says. Huey Lewis, and then yeah. Just, who would you rather? Who would you rather, right? Fight Anthony Joshua or complete the Tour de France? It's a good one, that. Oh, that's a really good one. I'd rather fight Anthony Joshua. Mm. Thirty seconds, three weeks. I'd rather fight Anthony Joshua. Take, really? take a dive. Yeah. Got bought a question here. Yeah, uh, I'd probably do a Tour de France. Would you? Good fat loss, isn't it? No, I did a thousand miles in nine days. Didn't lose a pound, mate. What are you eating? Everything I could possibly. Everything there I saw. There we are. Yeah. Ate a couple of other cyclists on the way around. There we are. Mm. Go on then. Um, got a question for us, have you? Yeah, Johnny X wants to know: Will there ever be a boy born who can swim faster than a shark? Piss off! Oh, can I kill a Can I kill a tiger? I'm doing with my Byron. No. Get your own gags. Um, question here. For you, good one for you. Owen oh, Hanson. Uh, why are refs so leaning on crooked scrum feeds and players in front of kickers from kickoff, but not so on non-straight line throws? Yeah, I, 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 I think. Yeah, it's a funny one. I think the best, the best comparison is the line-out throw with the scrum, um, because it's putting a ball in crooked effectively. I think there have to be areas in which referees generally are more lenient. Otherwise, the game will never flow. I think that referees are more lenient than we think at the breakdown. When everyone, you know, it's not true, but it's it's kind of partly true, is that you could find an offence, if not every breakdown, every other breakdown, and the refs don't blow it. And there's a reason for that. If it's not ruining the game, kind of let it go. And it's not giving someone an unfair advantage kind of let it go you could argue the crooked scrum fee gives someone an unfair advantage now and by the laws of the game it does it should be straight some people believe ardently that this should be policed I 
freely admit I'm not one of those. Um, I think if I'm playing against Shanks and he knocks the ball on and makes a mistake, it's my put into the scrum, why should he have a 50-50 chance of winning the ball back? It was his mistake. So I think if it's a little bit crooked, I just get... I, to be honest, I get over it. I'm, I know someone like Brian Moore is very anti... In fact, most rugby fans are anti-crooked feeds. I'm just, within reason, I'm just not that bothered it's by also it. The line, it's also the touch judge that calls the line up rather than the ref, isn't it? Yes. If it's crooked. Off, so. Not always. Not, not always, but mostly. Yeah, and I, I think... I stood right behind the hooker. I think, I think some feeds that we see are embarrassingly crooked, but... I'm not as aggressive about it. Um, and in terms of the, the offside from the kick and that sort of stuff, I agree. I often watch it and think it's a kickoff from the centre spot and he is fully three or four or five yards over and you're like, that is a bit embarrassing that hasn't been pulled up. Um, so I agree on that. I think if it's just, if there's a metre or so in it, let it go, who cares? Let the, let the lads crack on with it. But Yeah, okay. Yeah. You got a, a big you, shout out to... Um, Altwin, RFC. Oh, yeah, my yeah. boys. Yeah, my homies. Uh, winning the league. Division Did... 3, West Central. That's from Drew Williams. Oh, well lads. Yeah. Is it lads or girls? Um, Either. Don't know. Did you see as a picture on Twitter, I think it was, this is complete memory, Inkley or Ilkley, Ilkley Rugby Club ladies. Yes, I did. I on a night out. Tweet it. Yeah, and they were all yeah. sticking their feet up in the air as if they were having their studs checked. Yeah. Are we allowed to say that we're really, really fit? It was a Veruca check, man. Yeah, really, really fit. They look fantastic. I really like that. Yeah. Just um, in, in terms of balance, so we don't get into trouble. Some male rugby players are really, really fit too. Okay. Um, Alex Max on Twitter says, "Should Challenge Cup winners get automatic qualification to the Champions Cup the following year?" I reckon. Because um, at the moment, right, um, to get in the Champions Cup, seven highest ranked from the Pro 12 um, go through, and that has to be one from Ireland, one from Italy, one from Scotland, one from Wales. Um, so an Italian team won't automatically qualify for the Champions Cup because they're down the bottom of the Pro 12. So it looks like Treviso will go through and take someone else's position. That's why there's seven. Yeah. Um, six top highest cl- uh, clubs in the top 14, six highest clubs in Aviva. And then the 20th place is decided by playoffs from um, the Champions Cup from the seventh. So Gloucester or Paris are going to lose out and Treviso are going to go in. Mm doesn't work it doesn't work bin them off it, it, it shouldn't matter I, I think in the Pro 12 whether you have a representative from each nation it should just be the best go through best of the best yeah you yeah. can't you know what are you going to get out of Treviso being in the, in the Champions good Cup? night out not even that mate not even that good post-match feed no, actually but you're right mate it is very very thanks mate confusing thanks mate Here's a question unrelated to anything else from Philip Morris. Will the podcast, this podcast, run for 12 months of the year or do you plan to have a break for the summer or at any other time? I think we're actually... I'm going all the way through. I know what. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I'm not. No, you're not, are you? Uh, no, we're going to have a break for the summer. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we're doing Lions, actually. I, I actually don't know. No. Do you know the answer to that? Whatever, whatever Michelle decides, um, our Michelle, we've mentioned her plenty of times, whatever Michelle decides, we will do, but I think we will probably end after the end of the Premiership European season. We may do something with the Lions, we're not sure. Um, hmm. um, I don't know, is the answer? There's been a... We had a question through on, on email. I can't remember who it's from now, but... I've taken a screenshot and kind of see it. It's something to do with um, the personal life. Can you get it up on your emails? Um, Wikipedia, Mark Dillon-Smith. I've seen that, yeah. and it. Who's it from, mate? It's from Will Owen. I, made, I read his question out earlier, but it was the first paragraph was so long I was going to save it to the end. Yeah, we're at the end now. Go. 
Um, this is Mark. This is Mark Durden Smith's Wikipedia page, and Will Owen has accused me of tampering with it. I haven't actually. Uh, Mark is the son of Judith Chalmers and sports commentator Neil Durden Smith. He married Rachel Morse on Thursday. The couple, daughter of Inspector. <laughs> daughter of uh, Mr. Code. Um, the couple have three children. Mark is one of the UK's leading experts on service stations and is frequently seen eating a KFC bargain bucket with David Flatman at a service station on the M5. Because you can edit Wikipedia pages, right? Yeah. I've had mine done a few times. So my little yeah. likes have been um, Livchenko, the Russian spy that was poisoned. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, Just before death. Morph and, and Gail Porter. Um, <laughs> just, just, to start with, right? I've, I've had loads. That's so I've inappropriate. Been, I've been... Um, uh, Mate, I didn't put them up. I've been a, a spice merchant. I yeah. imported all these different spices, but my favourite spice being cumin, cumin, whatever. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I made a coat of arms for Ridley Scott's Robin Hood. Yeah. As an ironmonger. <laughs> That's great. Um, Good imagination out there, I've, guys. Yeah, I've had um, the, the minion Kevin was based on uh, a scene of myself doing something inappropriate with Garth Thomas. Yeah. Um, so I'm an easy target basically but I did go and do a, a chat in, in Tenby Junior School and it was all these little kids who were like four or five it's for the NSPCC okay they were older than four or five yeah. almost and they were sort of eight or nine and fine they, whatever semantics they'd never ever heard of me so the teachers said you know just go on Wikipedia when you get home ask your parents to search for him go on Wikipedia have a look at me and I was like panic then yeah, so I had to get one of the teachers to to doctor it all and, and tidy it all up. I oh. didn't want kids to know anything rude. No. Yeah. See, so uh, these people, this is their jokes. We're bounding, mm. isn't it? Mm. Jokes on them now. Bloody is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, right. So we we like all these questions, but uh, Tom, how can people contact us with questions in the future or now? Well, it's it's pretty easy, mate. To be honest, you've got a go on then. You want to get on Facebook or something? Like that. We actually had one. We better read one out quickly from Duke Jury on, on Facebook. Um, he says, "Yes, I'm a Scot, and my question is lines related." Um, it's, it's a fairly long. I can see your question. phone from across the table, and it looks about 800 words long. Can you um, just crack on to the actual yeah, question? He thinks there's a significant case for Hamish Watson being included. Exciting rising star, backed up by some big performances. Doesn't quite have the size or positional flexibility as others. Um, chosen by Gats and the question is is positional flexibility really that key for back row in such a big squad yeah um, probably not that probably not that key but I, what I would say is that Hamish Watson I love, I love Hamish Watson I love watching him play he's a fierce player mm-hmm. but you can't pick him over Warburton because Warburton is the captain and is the boss man around the contact area and in broken field situations I don't think as a backup option, he's not as good as Tipperick. And in the tight, he's as good as both of them. I think he's a fantastic player and he was great against Wales in the Six Nations. Over the ball, he's fantastic. But he, he doesn't quite have the carrying game of someone like CJ Stander either. No. Um, doesn't, have, doesn't have the line-out capabilities. Or... So I'd, I would love to see him on the Lions too and he may, end, he may well end up there with the odd injury but oh, I, I, mean, I think they've picked the correct flank, the yeah. correct open side. There we go. Yeah, so we do read questions out on Facebook and that's Flats and Shanks. Yeah. on Facebook go on our Twitter which is at Flats and Shanks uh, or email us which is contact at flatsandshanks.com we get a lot of questions through we do try and read as many as we can as you know yeah um, 
But, you know, time's against us, isn't it? We're yeah. busy people. I've got to go to street dance now. You do, don't you? Yeah, it's Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah. I'm off to hot yoga. Right. Are you? Standard. No. Hey, uh, see you next week. We won't see you. Talk to you next week then. Ta-da. Bye. 